Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. And this is The Fan Early Morning Show. It's The Wake Up Show. The Wake Up Show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude, uh, excuse me, put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. You can apply online at 84 Lumber. Dot com. So the Pirates lost yesterday. Another sad one, too, because Nick Gonzalez came up big again, got some RBIs. About the Pirates fell and lost 5-2. to two. Lost three of four games in that series. They're going to continue on the West Coast and start a three-game series tonight with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And here we are. So another loss, maybe some of you will claim to have expected it, maybe some not. I think that is a fair question that I heard this week. I wonder if Ben Charrington anticipated or even wanted the Pirates to do so well this year, maybe knowing that the winning wasn't sustainable, maybe knowing the league would catch up eventually. And so here we are now where we've got a good group of fans that are upset with the Pirates because they started so well and they fell off so ungracefully. The Reds lead the division with a 49 and 39 record. The Brewers 47 and 41, they're two games out. And now there's some separation between the top two teams in the division. And then the bottom three, the Cubs, 40 and 46, eight games out. The Pirates, 40 and 47, eight and a half out. And the Cardinals, who have lost six of their last 10, are 12 and a half games back. That's something to celebrate. Believe it or not, the Cardinals in last place, falling further and further behind, is something to celebrate. Now, the only worry that I have is now that the, uh, the Pirates are right next to the Cardinals. Pirates are fourth, the Cardinals are fifth. Don't want to fall below the Cardinals. I guess if there's one goal to have for the rest of the season, you should win as many games as you can, but just make sure you finish ahead of the Cardinals. And I think that that'll make this a a partially successful season. But many aren't going to view this season as a successful one, perhaps. Maybe you're thinking you're frustrated because... The Pirates were doing so well in April, and then they fell off, and now now 
they're struggling and they're in fourth place after being in first and having the best record in the National League. They are they're toward the bottom. Maybe the Pirates didn't anticipate it this way and they still want players to develop. Well, they wanted players to develop and then give them their shot. They weren't expecting the players to contribute to winning. They were expecting the players to get familiar with playing in the major leagues. The last two prospects, though, that we're looking to see in the majors, that we want to see in the majors, are Eddie Rodriguez and Quinn Priester, minus whoever they draft. But that's not certain yet, so not going to mention that right away. But right now on the roster, in the organization, there are two players left I think that we want to see. And, again, that's that's Quinn Priester and that's Andy Rodriguez. Nick Gonzalez has been called up. Jared Triolo has been called up. Henry Davis has been called up. Maybe to an extent you want to see Termar Johnson as well. I don't know if he's going to be ready by the uh, end of this year. But he was the number four overall pick last year, 2022, for the Pirates. And he's the one that famously said that the Pirates better be ready because he's going to he's gonna bring it for the team. Love to hear that. So... Here we are. Team's struggling. We still got some prospects that we want to see. And maybe... Maybe this wasn't what the organization intended, and that's why they're not making any changes. And I understand the argument out there for uh, for you guys that are upset with how the Pirates have been going about this, because when you have an opportunity to win, you want to win now. Maybe Ben Sherrington, he wasn't willing to mortgage the future for the Pirates. Because he understands that the long term and developing the prospects that they have is more important than giving them away for rentals. For established players that uh, may be on a slide, maybe might not do well. Or could make an impact, but it's only temporary. The, The development of prospects in this case is going to at least ensure that many of them will be around for an extended period of time. And maybe that's what Charrington's truly trying to do. I know there are many of you out there that have the theory that uh, it's the cheapness of the organization that's uh, that's holding winning back, and that's preventing winning from happening. And sometimes when you mortgage your future too much, you get in a situation where you have nothing to build around. At least the Pirates now have several big names that they've called up and they've got several big names that they can call up and they've got a draft pick that they're making on Sunday that could very well make an impact if they pick the college too could make an impact almost immediately so I know it's been frustrating for many that they fell off They've had a catastrophic fall. It's frustrating, too, that they could not maintain, you know, at least 500 months in May and June. Even if they did that, they'd stay afloat. And, I, and I mean, I, I, I can see both sides of it. Like, on one hand, maybe the Pirates weren't expected to do so well, and they, and they literally just had a lucky month. I don't buy that too much because... 
I don't buy into that all the way. Like I can understand it, but sometimes I also think, you know, how can you lose so many games in a row after starting so strongly? So I see it both ways. But I mean, this is the reality we're living in now. They they have not performed well. They have they have catastrophically fallen off. Something that I know many of the hosts have said here after April, well, they would have to have a catastrophic fall not to not to be competitive, and that's exactly what happened. And the Pirates are still being patient. They're saying, hey, this wasn't expected, so we're still going to develop our prospects as uh, as scheduled, and we're going to hope that in the next year or two that those prospects develop enough to come up and contribute to winning at the Major League level. Whether you buy that or not, that's the reality that that we're living in. The, the prospects are developing and there are exciting names that we can look forward to seeing most likely next year. They're not completely out of it yet either, but it's looking more grim by the day. They're eight and a half games out in fourth place in the division and the Reds are leading. And that's rough. If you want to call talk about the Pirates, that's going to to occupy most of the morning here on this show, just setting the foundation because the Pirates have done a lot. They've made a few transactions over the last day, and this is the last weekday show you're going to hear before the Pirates make a draft pick. So if you want to call and voice your opinion on that, not that you can over the weekend, but uh, at least for the daytime shows, at least on the early morning show, this is the last time you can call me. And have a conversation with me about it, so you can do that at 412-928-9370. That's the phone number again, 412-928-9370. So the Pirates made some transactions that maybe you haven't heard about because they were uh, just before the, the Dodgers and Pirates game started yesterday. So that start was at night, so maybe you were asleep already. I know that I was in bed. I did not stay up for yesterday's game. So, eh, you know, a little bit more awake this morning than I was yesterday. I put it on as I was going to sleep, and then I was, uh, after Gonzalez drove in his runs, I think I was out. Uh, so, Rowanzi Contreras option to AAA after Key Brian Hayes was activated from the 10-day injured list. So, Hayes back on the roster. And Ronzi Contreras now in AAA. A move that I said needed to be made, and now I can applaud the Pirates. I can say, hey, thank you for doing that. You know, he hasn't been effective in a while, and he struggled. I was okay at first with him getting uh, the demotion to the bullpen, but he's still struggling coming out of the bullpen. And he's cost the Pirates a good chunk of games uh, since he's been struggling. So I think AAA is a time where he can get back into uh, a routine of starting and figure it out on uh, on a level that isn't as important. And another minor league baseball shouldn't be entertaining or important, but you know what I mean. If, if he loses a AAA game, that's okay because you expect those teams to to develop. You don't want him to struggle at the major league level where he's actively costing the Pirates games. I think he's established plenty now that he's struggling enough that he's just not being effective or contributing to 
winning at the major league level. So, Ronzi Contreras being sent down, a good thing. A good thing. And I'm happy that they ended up doing that. Now, who should the Pirates draft? Got a strong opinion about this because I've heard throughout the week some arguments about, you know, I hear the pitcher only starts one out of five games every week or, you know, one starts one game in every five. So a starting pitcher is not making an impact very much or very often is the argument. Got to worry about arm problems and injuries and the big Tommy John surgery. So, you know, it's, there's that. And I'm not fully with the arguments that are made to go against Skeens. I think Paul Skeens has proven that he has stamina, velocity that can help the Pirates. And there's a reason why guys like Clayton Kershaw and Justin Verlander were able to win MVPs along with their Cy Youngs when they did. Verlander was the American League MVP in 2011, Kershaw in 2014, because, because of the fact that you're getting them to pitch one every five games. Like one in every five games of your season, if you're if that pitcher's on the mound, you're getting a win. You're guaranteeing one out of every five days to get a win with an elite pitcher. When you have the hitter, I'm not saying that all hitters are, are going to play poorly, but uh, the game is designed for the hitters to fail. So if I'm... If I have a draft board, if it's me, and I have an elite pitcher who can give me a win every five, every fifth day, or I have the position player who can only get a hit or two at most game to game, because again, the, the baseball is designed for the hitters to fail. If it wasn't, the game would virtually never end. The hitters are at a disadvantage. So you've got this generationally talented pitcher who can get me a win every fifth day and make an impact regularly throughout a week and is good enough to work hitters and get them out consistently through one game and pitch seven to nine innings? Or you give me a hitter who is already, by the nature of the game, expected to fail more often than not every game. I take the pitcher in that case. Like, Skeens is is different from what I've seen. He is a different brand of pitcher. He's got more stamina. He throws it with high velocity. He's different than just the average 92-93 fastball uh, for a pitcher uh, who might struggle with command. I mean, Skeens has command. Skeens has accuracy with his pitches. And Skeens, uh, Skeens throws with a high velocity and has an unholy amount of stamina. I think having that every fifth day can be more valuable to your organization, especially when you pair him into a rotation that features perhaps a renovated Ruanzi Contreras soon enough, uh, um, an all-star in Mitch Keller. Right now you have three reliable starters, so now three out of every five games you've got a good shot to win. And I get the starting pitchers aren't guaranteed to win every game. They're going to have their losses, but – 
you've got few, a fewer chance of seeing those elite starting pitchers fail consistently than you do having the hitters fail. Because, again, the hitters in baseball are designed to fail. Give me the pitcher who can mow hitters down regularly and pair him, insert him into a rotation that features some other elite pitchers, and you're going to be a tough team to beat. Because, again, that's three out of every five days. Three out of every five games now that you're going to have strong pitching and the advantage to win games. Now, I'm not even going to mention the high schooler that has been thrown around in mock drafts. I've taken the Crowley approach of no research. Not going to do it. Um, I don't think that a high schooler would benefit this team, especially when you have two players. Again, if it's if it's... If it's not a high school player and they draft Cruz, I'm fine with that. I think Schemes would be the best option. But I think that they're thinking too hard about this decision if they overanalyze and try to go with a with a high school player who might not be ready in uh, in a few years. I mean, Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz, as a first overall pick from two players who have played in college, you're more likely to see them sooner and have them develop faster and make an impact on your team sooner than you are drafting a, a high school player. So I don't like entertaining that idea, and I hope that they don't. I don't think it would benefit the Pirates to draft a guy out of high school when there are two guys who are on the board who have played college ball, just won the College World Series. One guy's got incredible stamina. The other guy's been compared to Bryce Harper as an outfielder. Just doesn't make much sense to me. Again, I err, though, on the side of pitcher. But anything anything but a high score. I would understand if they weren't drafting one overall, but nobody picks before them. So don't overthink this decision. You can't lose with either guy. I say pitcher, but that's okay if they don't. Just not not a high score. They got another wrong. Nothing wrong with him. I'm sure he'll have a, a great career developing methodically for some other team. And there's no reason to insult him and his talents. But for the Pirates' sake, while they have the first overall pick, while they have the luxury of picking before any other team, Take one of the guys who's developed through college. Either one of them. Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens. But I don't like the idea of drafting a prospect who's just out of high school with where the Pirates are. And like many of you, I am growing impatient. 412-928-9370 is my phone number if you want to call and talk about the Pirates, talk about the draft, talk about yesterday's loss, talk about the upcoming series, talk about the All-Star break, talk about Ron Contreras being sent to AAA. we got time to talk about all of that for a few minutes when I come back after this break. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. You can also tweet me at Callis underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. And if I find your comment intriguing, I'll read it and I'll respond to it. 
Uh, but tweet me, call me, 412-928-9370. We'll talk Bucks again next on the Fan Early Morning Show here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 93.7, The Fan. Nicholas Harry Callis here. Adam Crowley and I uh, in the break reminiscing about the days where you could, you know, hit guys and bats were being thrown and when the Yankees and Red Sox rivalry was at its peak. And now nobody really hits each other anymore, so... But this is the Fan Early Morning Show. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. Adam Crowley's looking at me like he wants to say some words. Do we want to continue to reminisce and just bring it onto the air and have a slappy Friday? Yeah, why not? Go ahead. So we're talking about what uh, Roger Clemens threw to bat at uh, Mike Piazza. Yeah, Mike Piazza in the 2000 World Series when the Mets were playing the Yankees. Talking about when Pedro Martinez, one of your favorite players, threw down a coach, Don Zimmer. <laughs> The Yankees-Red Sox game when they were having a brawl. What was your favorite World Series growing up? I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you mine first. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They were just the Anaheim Angels, but when they played the Giants in the World Series Mm -hmm. and you had Tim Salmon and the Rally Monkey. Do you remember the Rally Monkey? I have seen the Rally Monkey. I don't remember it from that time, but I've watched that World Series. That World Series. I remember watching it with my pap. Like he lived in Uniontown, but he would come stay with us for a couple days at a time, and mm-hmm. he just so happened to come while we were watching, while the World Series was on, so we watched it together. That Angels team was just a, I don't know, it was like an island of misfit toys. Yeah. But, but they were good. Yeah, that was the first World Series that two wildcard teams made it, too. Look at you! Yes, yeah, so I remember... Uh, Remember that one was unique for that reason, and Barry Bonds couldn't do it. Played in his first world and only World Series of his career, and did not win. Him and his efforts. Were the not other enough. one, the other one, not to interrupt you, Harrison Callis. <laughs> the Diamondbacks v Yankees with the broken bat single off of Mariana Rivera to win the World Series was just glorious. And because it, it wasn't a bad pitch by Rivera, it was a well-executed cutter inside. It was what he did, but it was sawed off and over the infield. You know what, though, I don't feel like that ever got held against him. No, and I I know that what you're uh, he executed the pitch, and what happened so many times with Mariano Rivera happened there, where a guy a lefty's bat breaks. Yeah, but when you're talking about the all-time closers. The great relievers of all time. Mariano Rivera always shoots to the top of the list. He blew a World Series. <laughs> oh, Jose Mesa gets killed. What about Mariano Rivera? Well, I don't think that the Yankees and Rivera are looked at uh, too poorly because the uh, the then Indians hadn't won since 1947 or 48, I believe. So the Yankees had already won in 96, 98, yep. 99, and 2000. So, I mean, to blow it like that. And plus, I think one of the 
infielders made an error or a poor decision that allowed a couple guys to get on the corners. So it wasn't necessarily Rivera's fault either that that situation even came up. Jose Mesa had a clear, just get three outs, this is your job, and I think he gave up three hits in a row. How about those 2003 Marlins that won the World Series? They did so. Miguel Cabrera hit 167 in that World Series. That's shocking, but one of his biggest hits, I believe he homered off Clemens. You are correct. So that's, I think that's the only thing that's remembered from that time. The 40-plus-year-old Clemens gets gone deep by a 23-year-old Cabrera. Or a 20-year-old Cabrera, maybe. He jo- was young. Yeah, let's see. It doesn't say here. Okay. Josh Beckett. Ooh, what a name. 1-1-0 ERA, two starts in that World Series. He was incredible during that run. Other guys who started, Carl Pavano, Brad Penny. Brad Penny. <laughs> Mark Redman. Wow. Dontrell Willis did not start, oh. but he pitched in three games, three innings. Zero earned runs given up. You know, Speaking of baseball teams and uh, weirdness, uh, the New York Yankees in 2005 tried to poach a bunch of Marlins. I think Sean Chacon oh. and Carl Pavano were each given massive contracts to try to bolster their rotation. Carl Pavano was an absolute disgrace for them. Yeah, he, he did not pitch as well as he did when he was with the Marlins. Well, the PM team yesterday was talking about, oh, man, I lost it. I lost my train of thought. The PM team was talking about. Yeah, I know. I know what I just said. But All of us for, on a little this league is, lineup? This is why I wanted to hop in and start talking to you now so I could warm up before the pre-show. I wanted to mention that Little League stuff as well that they were talking about yesterday. Two things on that. <laughs> Number one, why am I not included in this? Why can't I play second base for the fan team that takes on the Little League World Series Because you champions? have yet to strike me out, I guess, if you... Uh, I'm not pro- pitching, though. Like we know, Mackie's going to pitch. I got put at first base. That was interesting. You caught, right? Yeah, but I played first too. Could you but... still? Could you? Could you get down in your squat and catch for seven innings? You want to see? No. Well, no, you can't see. I could. In the booth. It's a. It's a. <laughs> yes, I could squat. So it's an audio medium here, Callis. Oh, I got the stream up online. You're not wrong. Yes, I could still squat for seven innings. Yeah. What about ninety degree heat? Yeah, well, yeah, because I was always uh, a fan of wearing the two piece helmet as well, not the hockey mask. I couldn't wear the hockey mask because it always squished my face. Yeah. Big face you have. Two-piece gives you more air flow. Those Yankees in 05, not to jump all over the place, but why not? A guy that I forget about who was really, really good is Hideki Matsui. Yeah. I mean, really good. Yeah, he was. Tino Martinez still on that team. Yeah, they signed him back for one last year. I think he retired after that season. I'm really ticked off at myself that I lost my train of thought. The PM team was talking about baseball. Yeah. Oh, well, moving on. (laughs) But yeah, no, the, the 2005 Yankees, great example of why you don't want to spend oh, too much money in one place. Go ahead. You know what it was? What's Zach that? Duke. Oh, I love Zach Duke. They were nice talking man. about Zach Duke. Zach Duke, after his first season, John Cruck on Baseball Tonight said he was going to win the Cy Young the next year. And he didn't. But if you'll remember, that's not even the worst prediction John Cruck made. When the Yankees got Randy Johnson... He said that the Yankees were going to, that, excuse me, Johnson was going to win 30 games that year. <laughs> That's just impossible. You're going to make 32 starts. You're not going to uh, win 30 games. All right, Cal's goodbye. All right. Thank you, Adam Crowley. Uh, now I lost my train of thought. That was very random and wild. So let's, um, 
Oh, yeah, I was talking about the Pirates real quick. Uh, yeah, draft Paul Skeens, but Dylan Cruz is another option that I would be okay with. Don't draft a guy out of high school. I want the development uh, to move forward and move quickly because I'm getting impatient like many of you. So that's that with the draft. The Pirates play the Diamondbacks tonight at 940. This will be the last series before the All-Star break, which will take place uh, this week. Home run derby on Monday, All-Star game on Tuesday. Mitch Keller and David Bednar both named to the All-Star team. Also, Ronzi Contreras got demoted to AAA uh, before yesterday's game, and Brian Hayes was activated from the 10-day injured list. Do I think that the fan people... Here could beat a Little League team, yes, a Pony League team, I don't know. Pony and I actually talked about that before their show, and they were talking about it, and I've played baseball, and I played baseball in college. That doesn't mean that I could necessarily beat a bunch of teenagers or, or older children uh, in the state that I am, and I think it was uh, definitely an interesting argument and an interesting proposal that he was trying to make, and it kind of just made me smile. I don't I don't think that we could do that well. But again, we're, we're grown men talking about whether we could beat children under the age of 18. So a strange conversation all around, but a conversation that uh, became popular on Twitter. So I'll just address that there. I remember talking to him about it after the morning show and the PM team was preparing in the back before they, they ended up bringing it up and Mueller posted the uh, poll on Twitter. But apparently a, uh, the Avella baseball coach, uh, a high school in Washington County, uh, Avella once uh, – their baseball coach and athletic director emailed Mueller and said that uh, we should make this happen, that uh, Avella, the Avella baseball team would play a cast of 93-7 the fan players. So will that happen? I don't know. I mean, stay tuned. But uh, definitely an interesting conversation that was had yesterday by the PM team. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.